Support for this episode of the Creative City Podcast comes from Cormier Creative, a bright design studio. For more information, visit CormierCreative.com. Welcome to Creative City, the podcast that lets you listen in on my conversations with some of Cincinnati's most innovative and creative minds. For more information and to listen to previous episodes, please visit www.creativecitypodcast.com. Sign up for the newsletter for the latest updates and be sure to listen, rate and review on iTunes. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Creative City Podcast. I'm Tamia Stinson of thestylesample.com, and today I'm here, finally, with Jennifer Salt of Cut and Sewn. She is the founder. She's a fashion designer. She does all kind of cool stuff, and we're here actually in the studio. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here. Uh, so you just gave me a little tour. Uh-huh. Um, so Cut and Sewn is located in Northside, right here in good old Cincinnati. Yep. Uh, so the showroom is in front, and mm-hmm. then there's all this space in the back that goes back way farther than I thought it uh-huh. did. Yeah. And there's like cutting tables and whiteboards with <laughs> names and projects and things, and there are people in the back like literally cutting and sewing. Yeah. It's the name. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about what Cut and Sewn actually does. So Cut and Sewn is is really a multidisciplinary studio, and we started out providing design and sewing services, and it's really grown to where now we offer um, a full product development package to not only fashion designers, but any kind of soft good designers. So we work with a lot of engineers who have come up with a new product or an invention, but because it's soft good, they have no idea how to get it made. So they'll come in and we'll um, just help them work through a sketch on a piece of paper to a final product. And then that product they can take to investors or to another um, factory to have a large quantity made. With fashion designers, sometimes they'll come in with a complete design and a pattern and they just need a sample made so that they can do photo shoots and promote themselves. Sometimes they need, um, you know, 10 or 20 dresses made to start selling them on their website or, you know, to do something else. So we really help designers get from the idea stage to a product stage. I love that. And thanks. I, I really do, too. This I've been sewing since I was a little kid, and I, I went to DAP and got a fashion design degree, and I just feel like all of my interests have really come full circle into this space where I can help people get their ideas into reality. I'm into that too. Yeah. 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 There's so much talent in Cincinnati. There's so much talent. And it's really interesting when you start to talk to people, everybody has an idea. Like I feel like we're really in this, um, this time in this country and in this city, like things are just coming alive. Mm -hmm. Like people are just really encouraged to be creative and just yeah it's it's we meet some amazing people here that's really cool so I tell pretty much everybody I know who wants to do anything in terms of fashion uh-huh. or soft goods I'm like well what you need to do is you need to contact Jennifer Salt she has cut and sew go to the website uh, check her out make sure you get in touch because she can help you that's with what awesome. you're doing but I'm curious about what types of like clients come to you and oh what they gosh. come to you for we have 
all kinds of clients. Um, like I said, we deal with a lot of fashion designers, both locally and from all over the country. Um, How are these people from elsewhere finding out about you? Honestly, a lot of it is just word of mouth. From um, who? Who's some, mouthing? No, somebody <laughs> will call me from New York and they'll say, I talked to a friend who knows a friend oh. who knows a friend who did something with you <laughs> two years ago. And I'll be like, okay. Wow, okay. Um, almost all of our clients come via word of mouth. Um, we just put the website up, my gosh, I think a year ago. And we, we, you know, started Instagramming and really that's all the marketing we've done aside from things like the big pitch Mm -hmm. and first batch. We really haven't done that much marketing. Almost all of our clients are word of mouth. We're just starting to get clients. We're like, I found you on Facebook or I found you on the internet. So that's a really new thing for us actually. Um, so we do, we deal with fashion designers and then we have, um, like right now we're working on a virtual reality product. I know we've made, it's, it's due to confidentiality. I can't tell you exactly what it is, but it's really fun. But it would be considered a soft good? Yeah. So it has, it has a fabric element to it that has to be engineered and, you know, industrial designers can draw it. Yes. And then they're like, they come in here and they're like, how the heck do we make this? And we're like, okay, let's figure this out. And that's really fun. I love getting into oh, that. Yeah, that's like problem solving. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really problem solving. And then I have another client right now that um, has MS and she's really interested in trying to create garments for people with MS and other diseases like that where they, um, you know, they can't tie their shoes right. and they can't, you know, like clasp their bra and they can't pull shirts over their head, but they also can't do buttons. Right. So that's a really exciting project Ooh, that we're working really on. I never really thought about that. Yeah. Um, we're working on some, I have another client who's interested in creating some garments for transgender kids mm-hmm. to help them. Um, so we just meet the most interesting, amazing people who have these great ideas, but are like... Yeah, those are all great ideas. Yeah, but they don't know how to get them into reality. So we get to work with them, which I think is just... I, it's it's a gift, really, to be able to put these two talents together. Like, you have the idea, I can figure out how to make it, let's work together. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's really exciting. I love it. So with those types of collaborations, um, who... Who, who is who is coming to you? Are they mostly from the Cincinnati or greater Cincinnati area? Are they? Um, from- yeah, most of our clients are from the Cincinnati area. I'd say about half of the fashion designers we work with actually come from New York, because that's so wild. Yeah, so the in New York, um, obviously they have lots of places like yes. this, lots of sample rooms, lots of um, pattern makers. But they're hard to get into, especially if you're a really small designer. They have hard, like large minimums and things like that? Sometimes they have large minimums, or they'll say, yeah, we'll do your small batch, but anytime a bigger order comes in, your small batch oh, gets pushed to the side. Right. So we're really trying to find um, small factories in the U.S. that will take small orders. And actually, there's a couple great ones in Cincinnati Industrial, SoTech, and Casco. Um, that both have different specialties, but they'll do small orders. And because I never even realized companies. places like that were here. Right. See, I think that people don't know that these places uh-uh, exist. No. And so that's part of what we're trying to do is to 
connect people with these small factories where they can actually get things produced in the United States for very reasonable amounts. It's, is it, it is it fairly reasonable? It's reasonable. I mean, it's not it's not what you pay in a third world country. Right. But they're ethical factories. Right. They're friendly factories. They will talk to you on the phone and really? they'll work with you. Because I've yeah. heard some not so great stories I about know. some manufacturing. I know. Places. Yeah. And and no, we've we've found um, we have four factories right now that we are building relationships with so that when we have designers and product developers come in and we get them ready to move into that manufacturing stage, we can connect them with the factory that's best suited to their product and and help them get their product made. Because it's really important to a lot of people that it's made in the U.S. And I, I think yeah, that it's absolutely. really important to consumers, too. So it's, it's just a really... Um, it's a great opportunity right now to be in this space creating these relationships so that people can start to realize that oh yeah you can have things made in the US there are still people making things in the US it, it happens so it's just a matter of like getting the word out and connecting people how are you connecting with these places are you, are you um, googling a lot of it like what uh, no a lot of it is just talking to people like um just networking and making connections. Um, I just found out about a new factory in Savannah from a friend of mine, Ashley Kubley, who teaches at DAP. Mm-hmm. And she's, I can't remember if she's from the Savannah area. She's from the South. Um, and she told me about this new factory, and I was like, I am calling those people immediately. So I connected with that factory, and we're just starting to build a relationship with them and find out, like, what do they specialize in so that we can connect people who need manufacturing with, with the right factory. That's really the key is finding the right fit. Okay. You know, somebody who specializes in knits needs a factory that specializes in knits. So, so you're like an expert in that field as well at yeah, this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning to yeah. be an expert in it. Yeah, it's something new, um, but it just kind of, w- with my background and with my love of sewing and with my understanding of how garments are made, it just kind of came naturally to me that I can, you know, figure out these nuances of products and connect people. So you mentioned that you've been sewing since you were little. How did that yeah. get started? Was your mom a sewer? So, uh, no, my mom wasn't a sewer at all, uh, but I found her sewing basket. Uh-huh. So, you know, this was back in the 70s. I think all moms had sewing baskets. Mm-hmm. And hers was just a mess of tangled thread and, and little spools of thread and scissors and seam rippers. And I was just so fascinated by it that I, you know, immediately confiscated it for myself <laughs> and started picking through it. And my parents actually owned a furniture store. Okay. When I was a kid, my dad is makes furniture. And he started bringing home upholstery samples for me. And I was a little five-year-old kid. I would sew them together. And if I sewed three sides together, it was a purse. Of and if course, I sewed yes. four sides, <laughs> excuse me, if I sewed four sides together, it was a pillow. Uh-huh. <laughs> so my mom probably had <laughs> hundreds of these you know, swatches sewn together. And she was just like, what do I do with all of these things, I'm sure. But um, that's how it started. And then, of course, I moved on to making toys and Barbie doll clothes. Oh, and, God, yes. I used and to then make I, 
clothes for my Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. I didn't have a Cabbage Patch Kid, so I actually learned how to make them. Really? Because yeah. they were tough. Yeah, except for the big old yeah, plastic head. Yeah, except for the big old plastic head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually learned how to, like, embroider that face wow. and everything. It was hilarious because my, my parents wouldn't buy me a Cabbage Patch doll, so I was like, that's it. I'll just make one myself. <laughs> Good for you. How industrious so, of you. Yeah, it was pretty funny. But um, And then I started making my own clothes in elementary school. And what? that had mixed mixed reviews with the other kids at school. I remember people being like, what are you wearing? Whatever, they just didn't. <laughs> Get it. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. my hair flip and keep so it that, moving. Yeah, that's when I kind of figured out, like, oh, okay, I, I definitely use clothing in a different way than the other kids did. Like, I definitely use this to express myself. Uh-huh. And I just kept doing it all through high school. I made all my own clothes. I would, you know, flip through a Vogue magazine. I'd see something I liked, and then I'd try to figure out how to make it. Ah. And sometimes it failed. Sometimes it succeeded, and I would, you know, get to wear something. But I always made my own clothes... Yeah, all the way through high school, really up until I had kids. I made almost all of my own clothes. And then when I had kids, I got too busy. (laughs) (laughs) I hear that happens. Yeah, Yeah. that does happen. So So even back then, you were kind of reverse engineering kind of how things were made. Yeah. Do you think that influences what you do today? Yeah, it absolutely does because I learned how to problem solve. And I learned that I have this ability to look at a three-dimensional object and figure out how it was made. Or I can look at the front of something and I can tell you what the back looks like. Because I can... I want to do that. Yeah, I can just (laughs) see it in my mind and I can see... The really cool thing about sewing is you're taking this two-dimensional fabric Mm -hmm. and you're cutting it in a way that you can sew it together into a three-dimensional object. That's what I completely do not understand yeah. at all. That is yeah. the part that eludes me and has never managed to make its way into my brain right, about how right. you can... And I feel like you're one of those people who can look at something and be like, okay, we need to place a dart here, yep. a dart there, and then we're going to need to tuck and pin around here exactly. so that if it's, That makes no sense to me. Yeah. None of that that's translates That's what's really exciting to me. That's that's my favorite part. I really? Love part. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. That's fun. So when you're making a pattern, because I have uh-huh. to be honest, while I'm not a great sewer, I can usually kind of figure that part out. Uh-huh. It's the pattern yeah. that gets me every time. Even if it's already a pattern and I'm just cutting it. Right. No. Right. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, it does not work out for me. Yes. Yeah, so what's, the, what's the trick to that? I mean, um, I know you're pattern, magical. Pattern making is really an art form, and it takes a lot of intuition and understanding of how garments go together and why why you cut one piece into a curve and the other piece is a straight line and you sew it together to get a certain shape. It's really, that's, excuse me, that's where the magic happens. And that is my favorite thing. I love, yeah, I love just a big old piece of paper and a pencil and a ruler and you sit down and you start drafting something. And then when you cut it out, it just turns into that thing that you were picturing in your mind. Like, I love that. It's, it's, you know, like we were saying before, it's all problem solving. It's puzzling. Yeah. I love that. I can see where somebody else would think that was fun and <laughs> yeah. I commend you for that. <laughs> yeah. It's not for everybody. It's not necessarily my cup of tea, but yeah. we need people like you. Yeah. It's definitely not for everybody. I have, um, so I, I work with a lot of interns from DAP and some of them will come in and um, there's also draping, which is where you take fabric and you actually drape it over the form, yes. and that becomes your pattern. Mm-hmm. And I can do that, but I really prefer the hand drafting. And so sometimes um, 
interns will come in and they'll be like, I want to, I want to drape this pattern. I was like, nope, we're, we're <laughs> drafting. And they're like, oh God. <laughs> you know? Drafting seems like it's more fun. It seems like it's more interactive. It is. It's least. really more, it's really more interactive and it's more hands-on. And, um, but for me, I just see things in these two dimensional shapes. So I like to, to hand draft it. So. Are you good at pool? Were you good at geometry? I was really good at geometry. Here. I loved playing pool when I was a kid. I haven't played it in years, so I don't I don't remember if I was any good at it. But I'm really good at jigsaw puzzles. I love uh, jigsaw puzzles. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. The way things are put together. Yeah. Uh-huh. And seeing how things yeah. interact with each really, other. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about the space that we're in, because like I mentioned at the very top of the show that showroom yeah. is in the front in of the, the front. studio now. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so that's something uh, new that we just started a couple of months ago. And my partner in showroom is Chelsea Cottrell, who's also a local stylist mm-hmm. and a local she's fashion fabulous. designer. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. awesome. And we started that, oh my gosh, really on a whim. Really? Yeah. And now we're like, what were we thinking? This is a lot of work. <laughs> but um, Wait, which part is a lot of work? Well, uh, it's a lot of work setting it up and styling it and promoting it and, and right. bringing in um, talent. But what Showroom really is, is we wanted to create a retail space that focused on independent fashion design. And we also have some home good designers and, you know, when I'm dealing with designers, they'll always say, I wish there was a place in town where I could sell my stuff. I wish we had a place where we could sell our stuff. I wish we had a place um, where we could do this. And finally, I was like, you know, I've got this I've extra got 400 square feet in the front of my studio. Why don't we just put it here? And so we, we just kind of did it. Um, and it's been fantastic. So we have designers from all over the Cincinnati area and um, Kentucky Tennessee and just beautiful beautiful clothes um really beautiful a lot of we have hand dyed things we have you know and almost everything is either hand sewn or made locally oh so yeah so it's it's really wonderful um yeah, yes. when I got here, um, Anastasia from Textile House was yeah, just leaving. Yeah, she was dropping stuff off. Okay. Um, so we're only open on the weekends. We call it brunch hours. It's 10 to 2, mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday. Uh, through the holidays, we'll be open longer hours on Saturday and Sunday. But um, it's really just a weekend shop. We have interns who run the shop on the weekends. And we have a really great little selection of, of clothing. We don't have any menswear yet. I'm really hoping we'll get some menswear soon. So if you know any, yeah, I was anybody who if designs any menswear. Local menswear designers. Let me yeah, think on that. Yeah, we really need some, some menswear. Um, so yeah, we open showroom to just really help showcase those local designers. Uh, you can get a lot of one-of-a-kind pieces or small batch pieces. So you can get really unique clothing that not everybody else is going to have, which is fun. That's what I like. Yeah, yeah. So so that's been going really well. We've had a lot of um, really great response. The neighborhood's been really nice and, and embracing us being open on the weekends. Oh, good. Because um, we're right on the main drag in Hamilton Avenue, so we have this little storefront, and we always try to put really interesting windows up to uh-huh. sort of entertain people. <laughs> um, but we've never been open to the public, so now we're, we're open to the public on the weekends, and the neighborhood's been really, really nice about about um, stopping in and saying that they're happy to see us here. So. Now, how are those people finding you? How are those like designers and makers finding you? Uh, we started out by just sending out some mass emails to people that we knew. Okay. 
And then people sort of spread that. Right. Like, I have a friend over here who makes handbags. We have beautiful handmade leather handbags. There's a bag that I am dying. I, it's they're beautiful. like a bucket bag. I want it yeah. so bad. Yeah. So we have these, these beautiful um, handbags. And then, you know, another person will tell someone, and we found someone who makes these beautiful hand-dyed indigo scarves. So now we have those. So, you know, we sort of sent out that first mass email, and then people just sort of spread it around, and now people are contacting us and making appointments to come in and bring their stuff. And we have jewelry from Hark and Hark. We have Textile House. We have um, Bone Feather makes the bags. Oh, boy. Does I know Callie Evans still have Callie stuff Callie Evans has mm-hmm. stuff here. She's a wonderful local fashion designer. Yeah. Um, we help her make her samples. So oh, it's funny we sew okay. the samples in the back, and then and we then hang bring them up on in the front. front. I was wondering how much of that actually happened, it's like what really kind of synergy cool. it was. There it was does happen. That. It happens a lot. Um, in fact, the interns in the back room today just finished sewing up a batch of uh, flannel scarves for fall, and we just literally we sewed them in the back, and we brought them up to the front, oh, nice. and now they're on display. So it's really fun. Like a farm to table type of situation. Yeah, it really fashion. is. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I love the showroom space, and I'm gonna get Thanks. one of those slip dresses one day. It's Thanks. gonna, it's gonna happen. I'm gonna make it happen. Yeah, and we're also launching another product um, out of Cut and Sewn. It's called Daughters of Style, and it's home sewing patterns. So we're taking all of my designs that I've been working on and the patterns that I've developed over the last few years, and we're starting to release them so that people can buy the patterns and actually make it themselves. Ooh, so what kind of patterns are they? Um, so we have eight that are releasing. Uh, it starts. It launches November 9th, and so this first collection are a couple of things that have been really good sellers for us over the years. So we have like a great uh, tuxedo front shirt dress. Ooh, I and the, love a the good twist tuxedo dress. front shirt dress. It's really Ooh. pretty. The um, twist dress that I think you saw online, uh-huh. it's like a knit t-shirt dress, but it, it literally is a t-shirt dress with a twist. It has <laughs> twisted side seams and it fits really nicely. And then we have a great uh, wide leg pant, a skirt. This collection is kind of... Um, it's our introductory introductory collection, so it's um, it's some basics and some simple garments mixed in uh, with a couple of more complicated garments. Now, when you say simple, is it simple as in <laughs> to me? Because so it's simple. Like how simple are we talking here? I think here? so. I think so. We have um, yeah. There are a couple of patterns that are only three or four pattern pieces. Oh, okay, that's right um, in my alley. Yeah, and then. And then there are a couple that are more complicated. But what we're really hoping is that people will start thinking about where their clothes come from and making their own clothes. And even if you don't make your own clothes, you know somebody who could make it for you. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows somebody no, who that sews. Is true. That is true. It's your neighbor, your aunt, your uncle, your nephew, you, you know, your cousin. A couple aunts. Yeah. Somebody, you know somebody who sews. So you can buy a pattern for a really wonderful garment take it to somebody who sews and have them sew it for you and then once you've got that pattern and that garment that you love you can make it over and over again in like 30 different fabrics do you have fabric recommendations like certain things would drape better yeah so we do talk about that and and, uh we really try to make some of these garments that can be made like in a fall fabric for fall or in a formal fabric 
for evening wear or in a casual like our wide leg pant it's a beautiful wide leg pant pattern. tell me more about the wide leg pant because yeah. I am in the market for some now Good. how high is the waist so it it has a waist that hits just below natural waist so it's a little bit high okay but the really cool thing about it is that it has a three inch wide yoke around the top mm-hmm. so the width of the pant falls from the hip instead of falling from the waist so it's really flattering so it's flattering on all shapes, and then the leg is this perfectly straight, beautiful, big, wide. It's got this gigantic reverse pleat in the front. Ooh. It's really pretty. And you can make it out of denim. You can make it out of twill. You can make it out of satin. You can make it out of taffeta. You can make it out of linen for the summer. So it's just our goal is to create patterns for garments that are things that can live in your wardrobe forever. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have a few patterns that are a little bit more like on trend and inspired by runway. We're going to have a few patterns that are a little bit more avant-garde. Oh, yay. But then we're going to have those really core patterns that are like the best full circle skirt and the best wide leg pant that's like always perfect. It always fits. And, you know, the patterns cost around $30. And, um, and oh, that's then, not bad at all. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. And then fabric, you know, to make a pair of pants, you could get fabric that costs you anywhere from $20 to $100. And then you can either make it yourself or pay somebody to make it. And you've got a great pair of pants that's going to last forever. And you didn't contribute to, you know, horrible working conditions right. in a third world country. Right. You didn't contribute to fast fashion. So you can be proud of it and you can, you know, have garments that you love. You might have even contributed to somebody you actually know and care about. Exactly. To make it for you. Yeah, yeah. And so we're also hoping that on our website for Daughters of Style that we can have a uh, community where people can go on and say, hey, I need a seamstress in Lexington to sew a dress for me. Yeah, that would be me. I need somebody else to do it. (laughs) Yeah, or a seamstress in Lexington can go on and say, hey, I'm a seamstress. Here's my contact information. Contact me if you want me to make something for you. So we're really hoping to develop a whole community of people who who can interact together. I love that, and I think that's kind of where a lot of different industries are going, especially like... uh, more creative industries yeah. is in the community direction. Uh-huh. And here's a group of people who I can network with and we can help each other yeah. out with the different projects that we all want to do. And it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's great to have, to spend your money on products, whether it's fashion or home goods or, or whatever it is, when you can spend your money on something that everybody feels good about it, you know, it's just, oh, it's so great. And I also think that there's this really great pride that comes from you know when somebody says oh I love your dress and you're like thanks I made, I made it myself it. Yes, yeah exactly that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> it is it's really fun so when you're talking about um like all the stuff that you have coming up is that part of your I guess business plan that you put together via first batch so first batch I uh yeah I've been in the first batch program right now and they're helping me release daughters of style okay. so this is the first time I've really tried to make a physical product yeah. and that's what first batch special specializes in so I went to them to, saying like no <laughs> I don't know how to do this I don't know how to brand this I don't know how to you know find people to make the packaging for it and it's just been wonderful I've, I've worked with a whole network of local people that I didn't even know existed wow. before. Um, Cosette is doing my branding. Oh, okay, yeah. And they were on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, and they're just fantastic, and they're so passionate about the project. 
And then, you know, we've got local people making the packaging and local people doing the printing and local huh. people doing the photography. And so it's just been, it's been fantastic. But I could not have done it without First Batch. They've been really instrumental in helping me get the whole thing planned. And how long is that program? It's five months. Okay, so you've been at it for yeah, a while. I've been at it for a while. We've got two weeks left. It's crunch time. <laughs> so we're all getting ready to graduate. That's yeah. exciting. It's really exciting. Yeah. But graduation is when it will actually launch, I guess? Yeah, the... yeah. So we have what's called pitch night where all the oh. businesses in first batch are going to get together. We're going to give our pitches and people can come and hang out and drink beer from Rheingeist and eat food from, from Cincinnati Caterers. Is that and, open to the public? Uh, it is. You, I think there's a small ticket fee that, that helps cover you know renting the space right. and, the, and the catering and stuff, but it's very inexpensive. It's November 9th. Um, I don't know when this will air, but November 9th is pitch night, and it happens every year. So if you can't make it to this year's, definitely try to go to, to first batch pitch night sometime. It's really amazing the creative companies that are coming out of Cincinnati right now. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And what else? Is there anything on the horizon after you? <laughs> I'm sure you want to take a little bit of a break. <laughs> I do want to take a vacation. <laughs> and so just bad. rest for a little while. Yeah. Um, but is there anything else on your, on your list that's coming up? Yeah. So I want to start um, teaching some classes out of Cut and Song. <gasps> yeah. Um, what kind Chelsea of and I are talking about doing some workshops, like bringing in artisans from the community and doing workshops on everything from you know, plant-based dyes, dyeing your own fabrics. And then um, I'd like to start teaching some pattern-making classes. I always have people asking me, you know, how do you do pattern-making? I'm like, well, I can teach you. <laughs> it's it's more than a one-hour class. Yeah, it's for a sure. Long, it's for a long sure. class, so I'd like to start teaching that. And then um, I'd really like to expand the consulting part of our business. So a lot of designers come to us and they're trying to start a new company, but they just don't know anything about how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, their college degree and their background is in something else, and so they really need assistance. So we're um, expanding our consulting to really bring people in and nurture them and teach them how to start a, a fashion design business. And I'd like to roll that into some kind of an incubator program. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So I'm actually... Uh, starting to look into and research what it would take to start a fashion incubator here in Cincinnati. Okay. And I think that with, you know, with DAP here and with just the enormous amount of talent that's in Cincinnati. So much. I just think it would be, it's the perfect place to do something like I this. Agree. And I can't believe it doesn't exist yet. Agreed. So, um, so yeah, that's something that I'm looking into, into expanding, expanding really the whole thing. You know, if you think about between showroom and the design studio and the sewing facility, like we would have so much to offer. So much yeah, knowledge. Yeah, it's all, it's all so right much, here. Mm-hmm. It's all yeah, here. Yeah. And then if you think about how much support we have in Cincinnati so, too, there are so many intelligent, wonderful people who are more than willing to share their knowledge. Um, even the big companies like P&G, there are so many wonderful, brilliant people who work at those companies who are more than happy to come and share their experience in their specialized field. And then we have photographers and stylists and branding agencies. I mean, this town is perfect for people to start fashion businesses. I agree. It's really, it's fantastic. And, it, you know, everybody says it's easy to live here. It's inexpensive to exactly. live here. You can find your people here 
which I love that about Cincinnati. Like in Cincinnati, if you need something, you just walk out your front door, you ask the first three people you meet, <laughs> and you will find somebody who's like, I know somebody I know who somebody. does that. You know somebody. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, I just always loved that about Cincinnati. I've been here about 20 years. And when I moved here, I literally came to visit a friend, and I've been here ever since. Like, <laughs> it's I never a long left. Visit. <laughs> it's a long visit, um, but I just, I just love it. it. It's, it's such a cool place, and man, I'm constantly meeting people. Where I'm like, you do what? That is so interesting. How do you do that? Where do you do that? You know? I know. I want to spread the word about everybody. Yeah, yeah. And you do a good job doing it. You're a great ambassador. Oh, thank you. <laughs> This episode of the Creative City Podcast comes from Cormier Creative. Cormier Creative specializes in modern, clever designs for businesses who value top-notch work by a professional designer. Whether you need a visual brand identity, a custom print project, product packaging, or social media graphics, owner and creative director Sarah Cormier is fun and easy to work with, putting her years of experience at high-end firms in New York, San Francisco, and Cincinnati to work by creating custom graphics and marketing collateral that appeals to your target consumers. Contact Cormier Creative today by visiting Cormier Creative, that's C-O-R-M-I-E-R creative.com. I've been trying to do lately is to uh, appreciate the small moments mm-hmm. that have brought me some amount of joy. So the other day I was on YouTube, probably when I was supposed to be working on something else, because <laughs> that's how that's that's uh-huh. how that usually goes. But so one of the choreographers who did the choreography for Britney Spears' "I'm a Slave for You" taught the entire choreo to one of his classes and really? posted it on YouTube. Yes, like oh all my of gosh. all of the counts. And oh I already, let's be honest, I already knew parts of it. Ah, that's awesome. But this was like the real deal. This was, wow. it was Brian somebody and Wade Robson who actually worked on it. And so I spent like a good 15, 20 minutes in my living room oh doing the I'm a Slave for You choreography. Fantastic. And I it was so it. fun. It was so fun. I had, I had my Britney moment Aww. Uh, and just had a really good time like in between answering annoying emails. Uh-huh, you know, right. sometimes you need that little break. Yes, you do. <laughs> Yeah. What about you? Have you had any small, big moments where you were like... You know, I did have a really interesting moment recently. Um, I have been working so much the last few min- months um, with launching this new product and, and running a business. I've been working like seven days a week, 10, wow. 12 hours a day. And a friend of mine wrote me a note, a handwritten note that she mailed to me that I got in the mail that literally said, where are you? (laughs) I miss you. Are we still friends? (laughs) I need to see you. And that made me realize, like, you cannot work all the time. You can't work your life away. If you're not spending time with the people who love you and care about you, what is it all worth? What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. So I immediately called her up and made an appointment to see her because we have to make appointments. You have to put it on the calendar. I get it. Yes. And I immediately started saying like, nope, I'm going to be home by six every night for dinner with my family. Even if I go back to work after eight o'clock, 
but I'm going to be home for dinner every night with my family and yeah, it has made a huge difference. In the last two weeks, I've just been much more relaxed and happier. And it's all because my friend literally sent me a handwritten, scented note in oh, the mail. Like it was so sweet. Yeah, I love it. it was so sweet. And I was like, okay, this is a wake up call that I am not spending enough time with the people that I love being around. Yeah, so, that's extremely important. Nobody has yeah. ever use the morbidity on their deathbed like I wish I'd worked more exactly no it's I wish I'd spent more time with the people I care about so work is important but this whole being busy all the time thing I'm just I'm done I'm like you know what this is not the right way to live life we need to dance in our living rooms (laughs) and we need to hang out with our friends I agree 100% Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Thanks for Jennifer. having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love your podcast. I'm a huge fan. Oh, thank you, babe. Uh, and if you, too, love the podcast, you can check out previous and current episodes at creativecitypodcast.com. Jennifer, tell the people where they can find more out uh, more about Cut and Sewn online. So we have cutsewn.com and daughtersofstyle.com will be launching November 9th. And Showroom does not have a website right now, but it's on Facebook. You can find Showroom on Facebook. And we're on Instagram and all that good stuff. Uh, I'm on. I'm actually on Twitter. I, my interns just got me to start doing Twitter. I'm the <laughs> sobbing seamstress at CutAndSewn.com. Sobbing seamstress. <laughs> That's very descriptive. Yeah. I'm picturing you like over a sewing machine exactly. crying. We <laughs> just joke about it. Like, yeah, we sew with real tears. So. <laughs> Cool. So I'll put those in the sh- those links in the show notes, and you can find me online on the social medias at the Style Sample on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. And we will see you next time. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you. Bye.